0: Welcome to Too Many Movies, the podcast where we discuss DVDs, Blu-rays, and even the occasional VHS tape. I'm your host, Hal, and today, I can't take it anymore, I have got to rant about Black Adam. So it's now been a couple of weeks, I've had time to simmer, I've had time to let it simmer, and... Marinate in my mind, and honestly, I just can't get over the fact that I actually went and paid money to see a movie as broken as Black Adam. I'm not kidding when I say it is one of the most broken movies I have seen, easily one of the most broken superhero movies, if not one of the most just incomprehensible garbage I have ever seen on the silver screen. Maybe this year. Maybe of all time. I don't know. It's just... How did this movie get made unironically? That's what I want to know. So, again, I've had it simmering in my mind for a couple of weeks now, and I just still have not gotten over the fact that what I had seen was real. In that, ironically, none of it was real. It was all just CGI nonsense. And I, I was really thinking about it, Black Adam is the kind of superhero movie that people who don't like Marvel think Marvel is like. Now, say what you will about the MCU, as I've said countless times, I have numerous problems with the MCU, especially nowadays, but I will say there does seem to be a bit of a bias when it comes to criticizing the mcu especially from you know the older generation a lot of older people just don't really gel with the mcu and that's fine like you know that's completely fair do i agree with a lot of the criticisms sometimes yes but sometimes no i do feel like there is a bit of a generational gap and that Like, a lot of, whenever a lot of the older generation complain about the MCU, you know, it's always like, oh, it's this garbage CGI fuckfest. You know, it doesn't have the same effect as something like Jaws or, like, Raiders of the Lost Ark. And it's like, well, yeah, no shit. Like, Jaws and Raiders of the Lost Ark and, you know, all these other classic movies are that. They're classic movies. No shit the MCU is not going to be on the same level as that. So, I... That's the kind of stuff I don't really gel with. That's what I'm like, alright, you're just an old man complaining about this new movie. Which is ironic, because I tend to be that kind of old man complaining about new movies. But, like, here especially while watching Black Adam, I was, like, left flabbergasted. I'm like, oh my god, I get it now. Like, I won't backtrack and say a lot of the older uh, MCU stuff. I kind of backtrack and agree with it's like no i think there is some merit to a lot of the older mcu stuff so i don't just see it as like cgi bullshit gods manly men running around like i'm not going to go back and admit that that older stuff didn't have some merit but like now i do see what they were trying to say where you have this movie like black adam where it's just it is just a bunch of incomprehensible cgi fights it's insane. Just how that like that's the word I would use for Black Adam. Incomprehensible. So basically, the basic story is Black Adam or Dwayne Johnson, really, because you know it's Dwayne Johnson. He plays the same fucking character in every movie he's in. He's just playing Dwayne Johnson, but this time he's serious Dwayne Johnson, I guess, because he's a little more serious. And he plays Black Adam And basically his shtick is that he's a a guy who is not really a hero because he kills people, which is really, really funny. So that's kind of been the big thing with Black Adam, with how Dwayne Johnson has been hyping it up, with how basically just DC or whoever the hell is hyping this movie up, they've just been bragging about how it's a... It's a Dwayne Johnson movie where he's kind of an anti-hero. He's not a villain. He's not a hero. He's somewhere in the middle. He's not. He's just a hero. Like, that's what he is. That's that's literally what he is. One, I know for a fact that Dwayne Johnson has like some contract that says he can't play the villain in anything. He like he has to be the uber, super epic good guy and everything. But also, like, this has just been a problem since forever, man. We're like. Heroes, or anti-heroes, are just dark heroes. Like, they're not... They don't really have any morally gray aspects to them. Or at least, not anything as extreme as other heroes. It's the same problem as Morbius. Like, literally. So, back when Morbius was happening, how it was bragging that it was like this fine line between hero and villain. And all it was is that... Morbius killed all those mercenaries, but the movie really, really wanted you to know that, like, those mercenaries were super bad guys and that Morbius didn't actually kill any good people. The same thing happens in this movie. D- Black Adam, Dwayne Johnson, Black Adam, like, literally interchangeable anyway. Black Adam, he just kills bad guys and mercenaries. Like, that's it. He never kills any quote-unquote good guy so like I guess maybe because he kills people like that all of a sudden doesn't make him a hero but it's like we've seen superheroes kill people before I don't understand where this heroes don't kill line came from because loads of superheroes have killed before the Avengers had so much killing in it you saw like all the Chitari just dying in that remember in Iron Man when Iron Man literally killed all those terrorists? Like, he killed people. Like, that's an actual thing that happened in Iron Man 1. He actually kills all those people. Is Iron Man an anti-hero? No, he's a superhero. So, like, I don't get where this bullshit line is drawn. Because it's like, heroes have killed numerous times. Like I said, the Chitauri in the first Avengers. You had all those robots in Age of Ultron. That's, I guess, because... We're not supposed to see them as people, which, again, to go back to when Iron Man was killing all those Middle Eastern terrorists, that's kind of bad, don't you think? Like, what, we're not supposed to see them as people? Like, ugh, I guess <laughs> I guess Iron Man 1 has really aged really terribly. I mean, any movie from the 2000s that dealt with the Middle East has aged horrendously bad, so I guess that's not really that surprising. But still, I don't understand where this where this stupid rule comes from because it's like, all right, yeah, Batman doesn't kill any people, but yeah, he is violent. But people still for some reason consider Batman an anti-hero when he's not. He's a normal freaking superhero. Black Adam is no different than any other superhero, especially any other big superhero we've seen in the big Hollywood blockbusters in the past decade or so he's no different the only thing that's different is that he's played by Dwayne Johnson and Dwayne Johnson has not been in either a DC or Marvel movie as of yet well actually if we want to be technical DC Dwayne Johnson was in DC League of Super Pets so this is now his second DC movie and if you remember a while back we did an episode on DC League of Super Pets I had Chaotique Productions on that one which, we had kind of forgot to talk about the end credits scene in that movie, how, like, Black Adam, played by Dwayne Johnson, shows up in that movie. Oh God. I'm surprised we didn't bring that up, because it was so embarrassing to watch. Because it's like, you really want this movie to, like, take over the world, Dwayne. Like, you want Black Adam to be, the, like, the next big thing. And, well, it's here, and it's terrible. Like I said, he is no different than any other superhero. He's not an anti-hero. He's just a hero who's a little bit edgy, I guess. So stupid. I I refuse to call him an anti-hero. I refuse. But Dwayne Johnson being the worst actor in the movie is not the only thing happening in this movie. There's also the Justice Society. So that's another aspect of this movie. There is a lot going on. So there's the Black Adam stuff. There's the flashback stuff. There's the uh, mother revolutionary and her son and her brother. There's the group of mercenaries. There's the villain played by uh, Jafar from uh, the live-action Aladdin movie. Yeah, this guy just chooses the best movies, clearly. And then there's the Justice Society where it's Hawkman, Adam Smasher, Cyclone and Doctor Fate and they just show up out of nowhere. So yeah, there's another superhero group in the DC universe that's just kind of there. We never got introduced to them. They just kind of show up. And that to me just really shows how far DC has just has just gone. Like they're at the point that they just don't give a shit anymore. They're, like, desperate. Now, obviously, they were desperate before because, you know, they started th- with Man of Steel and everything's just gone downhill from there. But, like, it's really getting pathetic now. Like, how do you just have a group show up like that and expect the audience to know what is going on? Now, yes, I'm familiar with enough with the justice society i've heard of hawkman i've heard of dr fate i was actually quite excited to see hawkman show up because like i remember liking hawkman from back in the day when i watched like that weird 70s justice league show i'm like oh cool i get to see a live action hawkman with the mace and stuff like that well he sucks because the character of hawkman is kind of a dick he's basically just Falcon from the MCU, but, like, not as interesting. Adam Smasher, played by Noah Centennial, who's not a superhero actor. He's, like, a Netflix rom-com actor, and he's in this for some reason. And he's basically the Spider-Man of the group, where he's the young guy who's never really interacted in the superhero world, and this is his first time out. And he's, like, the awkward teenager that's just like, Oh, sorry, guys, this is my first time even though the Flash is that character in the DC universe. But I guess <laughs> because Ezra Miller's kind of a piece of shit now, like they're trying to phase the Flash out, and I guess they're trying to bring Adam Smasher in, in which case, okay, fine. Cyclone is there, moving on. And then Dr. Fate, who... I'll be honest, Dr. Fate was probably the most interesting character to me. He was played by Pierce Brosnan, who's easily the best actor in the movie, even though like half the time he looks like he's about to fall asleep and has no idea what's going on, but like, even though he's sleepwalking through the whole movie, he's still better than Dwayne Johnson, which is really funny. But like, I don't know, Dr. Fate just seems like this kinda cool character. Apparently, has a, he has a helmet that came from space, and he can see the future, and he's and he has all these weird Doctor Strange-esque uh, powers. Again, it's not great. In fact, I would have preferred a whole movie about this stuff to really flesh it out, but like, again, he's just kind of an afterthought in this movie. They're just like, oh, we gotta put Doctor Fate in there, so then the super comic geeks like coom themselves watching it, it's like, apparently, a lot of people really like him in this movie. Great! Unfortunately, he's only 164th of the entire movie because there's just, as I said, there's so much other shit going on in this movie. The pacing is terrible. The editing is just all over the place. I honestly was so lost within the first couple of seconds of the movie because it literally just starts on, like, the backstory of this country slash city that we've never heard of that's fake but also is supposed to be, like, some place in the middle east and like it's being colonized and i've literally never heard of this place in any dc uh stuff i'm sure it's in the comics again i'm not a comic nerd but like even if it is in the comics what good does that do me if it's not explained well in the movie like i don't care if it's explained well in the comics if it's not explained well in the movies that means the movie does a terrible job at it all right i don't care if the comics bring it up i don't care Like, if it's not explained well in the movie, then it sucks. I'm sorry. That's how that works. And, like I said, it's being colonized, and we know this because the spunky kid character calls out one of the police officers in the street, and he's just like, you're colonizing our country with blah, 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 political buzzwords. It's like, what the fuck am I watching? Am I watching a superhero movie or a Twitter shitstorm? Like, what is going on? in this movie? I don't even know if it's a movie. Like, it's literally just scenes. It's so broken. Literally, Henry Winkler shows up in the movie for no reason. Like, apparently he plays the original Atom Smasher, but, like, he literally FaceTimes his cameo in because Noah Centennial turns on his phone and is FaceTiming his uncle, and Henry Winkler's like, don't get a scratch on it, and then the the, the scene's over. It's like... Was that really necessary? Like, why was he here? Like, were you trying to do a Hank Pym Ant-Man kind of thing? Because Michael Douglas was actually in Ant-Man and was an actual character. Say what you will about the Ant-Man movies, at least Michael Douglas was an active character in those movies. Like, he didn't just show up on, like, a FaceTime session for, like, three seconds. What is this movie? You know what this is? This is just the culmination of DC fucking up so hard that they just don't care anymore. Like, they literally don't care. At least with something like BVS and, like, Justice League and Suicide Squad. I knew they were terrible and it was DC fucking up spectacularly. But I knew they sort of cared. Now... When I say care, I'm not talking about they care about the characters or setting up the universe in any special way. I mean, they care about presenting it enough so then people will give them lots of money. Justice League is a shit firestorm, but I know that the WB executives were at least trying to make it so then they could make enough money. So, like... I know the effort's not in there for the right reasons, but I know there was effort in there to begin with. At least there was effort to try and, like, present it as something worthwhile. I don't feel that in this movie. I really feel like we're back to square one. If anything, we're back even further than square one, because this movie's trying to pretend to be a Zack Snyder film for some reason, but, like... Snyder, say what you will about him, knows how to make his style seen and heard. Like, again, I'm not really a fan of Snyder's style, but, like, at least I know it's his style. This is just the guy who directed Jungle Cruise trying to pretend it's Zack Snyder's style because you have the slow-mo show up every once in a while. It's, like, what a frustrating movie. I I didn't think something from DC would make me this frustrated again. I really thought I'd be kind of jaded by now by their terribleness. But again, like I said, we're back to square one. So I think that's what's frustrating me because it's like, I thought we would have learned by now, like, especially after Justice League, like we'd kind of have a better idea of what we'd want to do DC, but I guess not. I guess you're just really, really just not putting in the effort anymore. Even the effort to make it seem like you want to make money, like you just don't care anymore. I mean, with the way that you're just, you know, getting cold feet with the Flash movie and just pushing it back or not even really doing anything with it, it clearly shows you just don't care. I mean, am I that pissed off? No, not really, because it's fucking DC, like I actually give a shit. There are better DC movies that are not part of the DCEU that I will return for years to come, but... Black Adam is just another example as to how shit the DCEU is. I'm dead serious when I say I would sooner watch anything from Phase 4 of the MCU than this movie. Because, like, at least with Phase 4, it connects to something I like. I like early MCU stuff. So, like, you know, I have some semblance of caring towards that. I have nothing to care about in Black Adam. The literal mid credit scene is just setting up that Black Adam's going to fight Superman. But not just any Superman. Henry Cavill's Superman. The Superman that nobody likes or that few people like. And people are excited to see Henry Cavill back. Why? Nobody likes his movies. Nobody likes Henry Cavill in Man of Steel nobody likes him in BVS nobody likes him in Justice League so why are we getting excited over this like this is just like how when people didn't like Hayden Christensen and as Anakin Skywalker in the prequels and then he comes back as he comes back in Obi-Wan Kenobi and now all of a sudden everyone's excited it's like are we just in like a loop of we're just in a worse place than we were before, so we're just nostalgic for stuff we didn't like beforehand because we're just so desperate for anything because we're just at a loss for words at how terrible everything's gotten. I guess so. We're just really scraping the bottom of the barrel for hype for us, I guess. And honestly, how depressing. I really want to see this Flash movie now because I know that DC is so desperate to make it good because they're just not showing anything. If anything, I hope it. I I, I know I've been saying that like, you know, they clearly don't care anymore. But honestly, I really hope they put that last stitch effort into the Flash and just make it cameos and cameos because honestly, that's going to be really, really funny. I really hope – that movie's just going to be so terrible. I really, really, really hope that it's funny. Because, honestly, Black Adam was not funny bad. It was just bad, bad. I sound like a broken record when it comes to these modern 2022 films. I'm sorry. I just don't like when movies are terrible. Like, what do you want from me? So, as you can tell, not a fan of any of it i am shocked there are people who like this or say it's not that terrible i'm sorry i'd sooner watch multiverse of madness over this i know i'm pissing off a lot of people when i say that i don't care i got some serotonin out of multiverse of madness i got negative serotonin after watching black adam so sorry not sorry not joining my collection i need to move on to something better so, speaking of something better, Fantasia. What a opposite side of the spectrum movie this is compared to Black Adam. Literally one of the most shallow superhero films I've ever seen, and now one of the greatest works of art known to cinema. Fantasia. Fantastic, I should call it, because, yeah, Fantasia, one of Disney's greatest movies ever. Yeah, can you believe it? Disney made a movie that's like artistically challenging and quite profound. You know, Disney, the people who, you know what, I could name a lot of things, but like, just, just Disney. Like, I think we can all agree, no matter what how you feel about Disney, can we all agree that, like, this is the last movie you'd ever expect from them? Like, if you saw the company today, would you really think they made something like Fantasia in their lifetime? I would not. I seriously could never have known that, but obviously they did. They made Fantasia back in 1940 and, you know, 80-something years later, it's just as timeless as ever. It's more timeless than any movie made this year, probably. It's like... (sighs) it's fantasia like you've all seen it and if you haven't seen it you've all heard of it and if you haven't seen it why like watch fantasia like what are you doing if you haven't watched fantasia yet that's if you're a fan of my channel if you're a fan of this podcast if you're a fan of movies and you haven't watched fantasia why like Not I I get it. Maybe because it's a Disney movie and you're just like, really? Is this as good as people say it is? Yeah, it is. Like, this is a whole other step above Disney's usual stuff. You know, it's like how Prince of Egypt is a whole other level above DreamWorks' stuff. Like, yeah, I still love a lot of DreamWorks movies, but Prince of Egypt is like a whole other level. It's the same thing here. I love certain Disney movies. Like, you know, I love Beauty and the Beast, Little Mermaid, uh, Pinocchio, uh, The Lion King, all all that jazz. Like, you know, I love a lot of Disney movies. I don't like the company a lot, as I've kind of made it clear before. But I love a lot of their movies, especially their animated movies. You know, I'm not that heartless. I love a lot of their animated movies. But when it comes to their filmography, Fantasia is Again, it's on a whole other level that is just insane to me that they made this. And you know what? It's not even that complex of a movie. Like, all it is is just music and visuals. Like, all right, that's an oversimplification, but, like, but that's what it is, okay? You're taking, like, this classical music, this timeless, timeless classical music... And you're just adding visuals to it, like not even proper visuals. Like, you know, there's that segment where it's the Nutcracker suite and the announcer even says, like, you're not going to see the Nutcracker in this. And, you know, because it's just the artists taking their creative liberties and making up their own story and adding their own visuals to it. That's insane. Right. And it's actually good visuals. Like, it actually looks really, really good. Like especially for 1940 and even for today it looks amazing just like the fairies flying around, the dew forming, like the music notes flying through the sky. it's it's breathtaking. it's amazing. I, I gotta read the back of this because I really want to see how you know Disney really markets this movie uh, which I should mention. this is a Fantasia VHS tape that I have from like it's from like the early 90s. I think I got this from like, I don't know, somebody who was just giving it away, and I just happened to snatch a copy of it. And it's like, all right, great, now I have this. Uh, So let me read the back of it. Walt Disney's most celebrated, most acclaimed, and most requested film is finally here, Fantasia. This extraordinary blend of magnificent music and classic Disney animation is an exhilarating sight and sound experience that has emerged as a milestone in the history of motion pictures. Featuring a host of unforgettable images, including Mickey Mouse as the Sorcerer's Apprentice, Fantasia has captivated generations of moviegoers all over the world. The breathtaking beauty, electrifying power, and very special magic of this timeless masterpiece are now yours to enjoy in this meticulously restored version of the original, full-length film. See the music, hear the pictures, and share Walt Disney's greatest triumph, Fantasia. I couldn't have said it better myself, honestly. Like, Disney, I'm glad they respect this movie as much as they do. Like, it's not... It didn't do well financially, I don't think, from back in the day. But, like, even still, I'm glad that they didn't pull a black cauldron and try to hide this movie for many years. Like, they actually still want people to experience it. And I'm glad that they do. Like, because it is an important film. It's an important film in that it's actually experimental it's like a mainstream experimental film and i like that disney is willing to sh- keep showing it because i mean it's important for people to experience like experiments in cinema like to show that you can do a lot with animation like animation is not just kid stuff especially in a year like this year where like not only has like you know it been revealed that the uh disney executive current the current disney executive just sees animation as kid stuff like he openly admits that and then you know at the oscars this year yeah remember the oscars were this year um there was the best animated film segment like there like the announcers for that were just calling animation kid stuff this is an important film to remember like and especially in our culture we're like, we do associate animation with kid stuff. And it's a shame that more people just don't realize that. And they just kind of admit, like, uh, it's kind of just kid stuff. But it's like a lot of animated films are special, especially this one. Like, this is one that even, I know kids are not going to like it. I'm not going to force, like, my kids to watch this or any random kids to watch it because it's like, yeah, I'm sure they are going to get bored of it but it's still one that they if they do love animation into their older years it is important enough to watch it's important for anyone to watch not just animation fans just fans of film need to experience this this movie because it, it it's beyond words it's beyond words cuz like at this point i'm just rambling about how good it is because again we don't get many movies like this at all really like what we get fantasia 2000 which is a movie that's specifically trying to cash in on the nostalgia of fantasia and like yeah i like fantasia 2000 enough and i hold it a special place in my heart because it was technically the first film i ever saw in theaters even though i was like not conscious at the time because i I don't know i was like one, two, I don't I don't remember seeing it in the theater because, like, I was a baby. Like, of course I would not remember any of that. But even though it has that special specification, like, when I watched it a couple years back, like, I was just like, yeah, it's fine. Like, it's not anything that amazing when you really think about it. Like, it is just the same thing as Fantasia, just with updated animation, and they even replay the Sorcerer's Apprentice. It's like, all right, well, like, why? Like, the Sorcerer's Apprentice is fun because it's in the original Fantasia. Like, just replaying it for Fantasia 2000 is just kind of cheap and lazy, I'm going to say. I mean, no, not to badmouth Fantasia 2000, but it is no Fantasia, all right? I'm sorry, it's just not. It... It's not. It's not the same level. It will never be. I'm glad it exists kind of, but I'm not going to praise it on the same level as the original. The original is one of my favorite Disney films of all time and also one of my favorite movies in general of all time. It's just so mesmerizing to see. And even on the VHS quality that I saw it on, how it's all like fuzzy and you don't make out every detail it still looked great, because the animation is so good. So, obviously, if you can't tell, I'm a huge fan of Fantasia. I love this movie with all my heart. It is one of my all-time favorites. So, you'd think that uh, I'd want to keep this VHS tape, even though, you know, it's not the greatest uh, quality. You know, I've made it clear that I do want to own some VHS copies of some of my favorite films because, well, I'm a huge sucker for that VHS aesthetic. Like, obviously, I want this on a nice Blu-ray, so I won't. I'll. I will want to have a Blu-ray copy of this at some point, but it would be nice to own on VHS. Unfortunately, um, something did come up, so. I'm kind of glad that Fantasia was the movie for this because this is an important lesson uh, in understanding not only this podcast, but also just owning stuff on physical media. So one of the troubling things with owning physical media, especially VHS tapes, is uh, wear and tear. So while I was rewinding Fantasia, unfortunately... The tape got chewed up, and so now uh, the tape just kind of hangs out of the actual box, like the actual physical tape. This movie is ruined. The tape is ruined. It will not play anymore. Now, before anybody points out that there's an easy fix, I'm sure there is a way you could fix this. I do have to say... That it's not worth it, okay? So, as I've said with this podcast, I started this podcast because I want to make sense of my uh, movie collection. I want to make sense of the movies that I own because I have a lot. Like, that's why I called it Too Many Movies. I have a lot of movies. I have to come to terms with that. And I also have to come to terms with I can't keep them all. Like, I don't have the space for it, but also, like, even if I had, like, a much bigger house or a lot of shelf space, I don't need all that shelf space because, really, when you think about it, like, you can't own these forever, all right? That's the thing with physical media. It's only there for as long as you are, and I know that sounds very morbid, but it's the truth, you know. Streaming is its own can of worms, and that's a whole other thing. But, like, physical media that is the point of this podcast is that I'm trying to make sense of the things I own because I need to know what will last, what is worth keeping, what is not worth keeping, and all that kind of stuff. Like, and this is why I, every time I bring on a guest, every time I have people DMing me asking me asking me to be to be on the podcast. You know, they're always trying to say like, oh, can we do an episode on this? Can we do an episode on that? And it's like, yeah, that would be nice. But what the important thing is I have to own the movie that we're talking about because I'm trying to make sense of my collection. That's the main point of this podcast is my collection. My movie collection. And I'm sorry if we don't end up talking about movies that you may want to hear or that other people may want to talk about. But, like, I'm sorry. That's why I started this podcast, to make sense of my collection. Obviously, I sound like a broken record at this point, but I'm just trying to really reiterate the point of this podcast. And not only am I reiterating it to you people listening, but I need to reiterate it to myself. And, again, I'm glad that this happened I mean, it's frustrating. But I'm glad that this happened to a movie like Fantasia, because that is a movie that I love and respect. I hold it in such high regard. But I'm glad it happened to this tape, because now I know I can't keep this tape. But, like, I didn't need a VHS copy of Fantasia. I just need an actual version of Fantasia that I get to experience in the highest quality. So, yeah, I will want a... Blu-ray copy of Fantasia at some point. I don't know when it'll happen, but I know for sure that it'll happen someday. It's a movie I want in my collection, just it can't be on VHS. I'm kind of glad that the uh, player kind of chewed it up. Unfortunately, that kind of scares me, because it's like, well, there are other movies that I have on VHS that I want to watch for this podcast that I don't want chewed up, so... (laughs) I hope that doesn't happen, but that's for me to deal with uh, at a later date. In any case, I think that'll do it for this episode. Uh, So thank you all for watching and listening and doing whatever it is you did to get to this point. Um, I have a lot more episodes planned. Some I I got some special stuff planned for the rest of the year. So look forward to any and all of those. Uh but yeah thanks for watching and always remember Dwayne Johnson uh, is a not good actor. Thank you. Bye bye.